0: Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Six words. They are the six words all sports parents wanna say, should say, yet often struggle to say. What are they? And what do they have to do with our guests today? Stick around to find out. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. TeamSnap is connecting the world of youth sports by providing solutions for coaches, administrators, and brands. TeamSnap for Teams offers coaches and team managers a top tier youth sports management app to help you focus less on team management and more on coaching. While TeamSnap for Business gives administrators the most complete youth sports management platform to run their clubs. And for brands looking to make noise in the youth sports marketing space, TeamSnap for Brands can help marketers reach parents on the field, at home, or on the go. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit TeamSnap.com winning for more information. I have been so fortunate to get lots of coverage around my children's book series, The Middle School Rules. The books and athletes have been featured on ESPN, the NFL Network, Sirius, USA Today, and many, many other media outlets. But one of the best fits was when The Middle School Rules of Charles Peanut Tillman was featured on the website I Love to Watch You Play. That was about eight years ago, and I've followed that website's outstanding content since, especially since its tagline is, quote, Helping Parents Raise Healthy, Happy, and Successful Athletes. And even more, I've been touched and inspired by the candid and honest insights of its founder, Asia Mape. One of her most popular columns is titled, My Daughter Quit Sports, and This Is What Youth Sports Parents Need to Know. We'll discuss that and much more, but for now, in part one of our conversation with Asia Mape, we're going to really get into her childhood and how fundamental sports were for her. Let's get to it. Well, I am so honored to have with me as a guest today, Asia Mape, who is someone that we've uh, followed each other for a while. And I'm so excited that uh, we get a chance to connect today. Thank you, Asia, for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, Asia, we connected indirectly through your awesome website. I love to watch you play, which we're going to talk about later. But I always sort of start my conversation with guests just about their own childhood sports experiences and memories. And the first thing I just want to ask you about, what's your favorite childhood sports related memory?
1: Well, if I had to pick one memory, it would be winning the state championship in basketball in Virginia. That would definitely be um, the best
0: And tell me about that. Like, I guess we could backtrack a little bit, but I know one of the things that uh, we have a little bit in common is the fact that you were born in Detroit, Michigan, which is where my wife was born and uh, spent some time there before she moved with her mother to California. Tell me a little bit before we get into that state championship highlight just about your background and where you grew up and, and where you moved.
1: Yeah. So that is really neat that we have that in common. I I was born in Detroit and, you know, raised there. My mom was a single mom on welfare and tried to figure it out. And, you know, I really found that sports for me and, you know, I kind of read a little bit about you as well, Sean, and know some of your story. And, you know, it was a great distraction. I'd go outside and run around the streets with my brothers and play every sport they were playing. I really looked up to them and kind of wanted to, you know, compete with them and stay on the same level with them. And, you know, I would head out, even as I got older, I would go to the pickup courts and just play. I think, you know, I was trying to get away from, I don't know, whatever was like not so great at home. And it was a, it was just a great distraction. And um, yeah, I really fell in love with basketball. I played everything, but you know, you can see old home videos and You kind of hear the ball bouncing in the background. You'll see me walk through. I always, always had a basketball in my hands. You know, it's also when you start playing something, you fall in love with it and you're good at it. It gives you this return, right? So I felt confident when I played and I had success and it opened a lot of doors for me. And so sports for me from a very young age were just a really positive thing. I do kind of recall my oldest brother was already in college. He was at the University of Chicago, and he came back to watch one of my high school games, I think. And he hadn't really seen me play, and I really credit him with teaching me a lot about sports. He was kind of like my dad, and he would show me things and and, uh, work with me a little bit. And I remember after that game, he came up to me and he was like, you know what? I think you might be the best athlete in the family. Ooh. And all my brothers, my brothers play but that was kind of a moment I was like, yes, okay. So that that's sort of what sticks out in my mind.
0: Wow. Very cool. And what had you guys moving from Michigan to Virginia?
1: I'm so glad you asked that because sometimes when I start out and I start to tell my early sports story about my mom, I don't get to see or share full circle what happened, but my mom is incredible. And she ended up, putting herself through college in Detroit, working for the governor of Michigan, and then getting, she moved the family to Washington, D.C. because she was running his Washington, D.C. office there. Wow! So she's a real success story and, you know, my hero. And and so that's kind of how we ended up going to Washington, D.C. area and where I was going to school in, in Virginia, Annandale, Virginia.
0: You know, Asia, you alluded to some of those tough times and maybe utilizing basketball and sports to kind of keep you distracted from that. But that is such a powerful story that your mother led and showed you and led your family to great success. But what were one of those tough memories that you remember from childhood back in Detroit when things were rough? Was there kind of that particular moment or memory that really is very vivid in your mind even to this day?
1: Yeah, I mean too many. But uh, one I can think of was being at home and my mom going to the store and getting a call that she had been mugged. And I think I was like, I don't know, I had to be eight years old and I answered the phone and just she was being taken to the hospital. And, you know, times were tough and times were a little rough. And, you know, it, it, it was moments like that. There's an interesting story, Sean, about like the encyclopedia that I've read where they've gone through the encyclopedia and anybody who makes an encyclopedia for a positive reason and they look at their lives and typically there is some sort of hardship or something, you know. And so so I look back at those days and or those times and, you know, I really kind of think it made me who I am. It made me strong and a fighter. And whereas it's, it's sort of hard to think about now and couldn't imagine my kids going through those kinds of experiences, mm-hmm. but it really does make you who you are and, and help you in a lot of ways grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. I really appreciate you sharing that. So your incredible mother relocates the family, does so much better for herself, for your family. Let's go back to Virginia. Tell me about that special basketball team and that amazing run that you were able to be a part of.
1: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. And I am all smiles about that team. It was, I mean, sometimes I think it could have almost beaten my college team. Probably not. Probably not. But we were so stacked across the board. And in fact, our point guard on the team is Amanda Cromwell, who was the UCLA women's head soccer coach. And she played at UVA and played on the national team. And she just really set the pace and the tone on that team, so athletic, and the team just ran. And in fact, I was a guard on my high school team, whereas in college, I was a small forward, and I'm not that tall. But um, we were just so stacked with players. And I think our junior, my junior year, we made it pretty far, but not all the way to the state championship. And our senior year made it all the way. I remember Grant Hill was playing also in the state championship in Virginia that year. And it's just, you know, it's kind of a blur, but, you know, it's like definitely, I think the best I've ever felt playing sports ever was, was after stepping off the court that day.
0: Wow. And what was one of your highlight memories of that title run?
1: You know, I have to say personally, I think again, it was another hardship. I had um we were in our, our like regional playoff run that year and I stepped on a rusty nail. Our basement <sighs> was being redone or something. And I stepped like hardcore on a Ooh. nail where in the middle, I think I had a game the next day, you know, in the regional tournament and I had to go get a tetanus shot. And so now not only is my foot throbbing and hurting, but now I can't lift, I'm left-handed, but I couldn't lift my right arm. I got it in my right... And I remember just being like, you know what? Oh, well, and I'm gonna give it my all. And I went out there and I had one of the best games, you know, of my high school career. And I just, I I always feel very sort of um, proud about that. And it's again, like one of those sort of hard times that um, really kind of helped me grow and see what you can do when you really put your mind to it.
0: Love it. Which coach encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger?
1: You know, I've had good coaches. I never had a coach I really disliked. You know, I played a lot of rec ball for my best friend, Julie. Her brothers would coach us in rec ball. And and I loved that time period. Um, My high school coach was great, but I I wasn't super connected to her in any way. Like, I, I always felt like I liked her, but I wouldn't say she, like, was super inspiring. My college coach was really tough and hard. And I didn't really enjoy I didn't enjoy that time period too much. I would have to go with probably either my brother, Tony, who again I said he wasn't my actual coach on anything, but worked with me a lot. And also our assistant coach on my high school team, and I'm I'm still in touch with her, Susan Tracy and she was just really positive. I can just remember her. She was our soccer coach too, always being super positive and supportive. And she remains, you know, she's all over there. I love to watch you play stuff still today. And, and I really have um, fond memories of her as well.
0: That's awesome. What was the most valuable lesson you learned through a challenge or defeat growing up?
1: I mean, I think I've talked a lot about some of the challenges, right? Um, yeah. And the lessons you learned, and mm-hmm. I think you know, this is something that's missing in a lot of, you know, our kids today with our parenting styles of really kind of trying to make everything right for them. But, you know, all those things that I went through, and I think you just realize that you're going to be okay and that you can do it. So it's like, I'm never really operating from a point of, I'm never going to figure this out. It's never going to work out. I'm so scared. I'm so, or anxiety, you know, it's really sort of like, I have been through some really hard stuff in Mm -hmm. life as most people have. And so it really kind of gives you a strength that you can't get from anything except going through stuff. And I think too often today, including myself, we want to protect our kids from that stuff. Yeah. We sort of want to, we don't even want them playing outside because they might skin a knee or they might, you know, whatever. And God forbid that happens. And, you know, and I think we end up really kind of doing them a big disservice by protecting them, overprotecting them mm-hmm. um, too much.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's great insight. And I think that's something that I talk a lot about is as a you know high school head coach, I, I make clear to the parents that, you know, your kids, the high schoolers are old enough to approach me if they've got any issues with their playing time, their roster placement, all those things. Right. I, I don't yeah. want to hear I don't want to hear from you. You know what I mean? Make no, sure that you're, make sure your child knows that you're planning to reach out because in most cases, they're not going to want that to happen. And we should be empowering them to talk to their coach about whatever's 100%. on their mind, you know, and I, I just get too many emails and phone calls.
1: I mean, I think we see so much of that in youth sports too, and, mm-hmm. and all of school, obviously, but sports as well. And, you know, I think what I try to remember, and I'm sure you do too, I think we have some very similar philosophies, but most parents, they think they're doing I right, know. and they're trying to, the, you know, they have their, their kids' best interest at heart. And so there's just, like, education that they need, and they need people like you to, like, actually tell them and not just either appease them or ignore them. Or, you know, there has to be, like, a conversation that, like, this is not helpful for your child, and they still may or may not get it. But, you know, I definitely think that, you know, their their hearts are in the right place usually and yeah. and it's just a matter of learning and also I, I kind of remember too Sean from my oldest daughter I've been through it now a bunch so yeah when she went from middle school to high school and we have a really like intense water polo coach in our school and in fact he mm-hmm. coaches the national team and it was just such a night and day change that even like myself who works in the the field and like studies and learns a lot I was like wait what like there's no communication. You know, it's like, what's happening? And it's really sort of like this shack to your system as a parent. But I think as parents, we need to do a better job of that. It shouldn't be that just the high school coach's job to take them to that next level. We should be preparing for that, our their entire childhood.
0: I, I tell people parenting is so humbling and so frustrating, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you sure. and I, I, I know we share some backgrounds and, and certainly not easy childhoods and, you know, have some level of success and, and you get to that level of success because you've got some level of intelligence and mastery of something and have earned, you know, some, a reputation. And a lot of those things we obviously have control over, but being a parent, I realize like, I don't have control. You know what I mean? Like these are two human beings with their own minds and their own dreams and their own, right? So that's a very difficult thing. And so I, I tell people like it's, it's very, very humbling and it's made me more patient, right? It's made yeah. me more empathetic. It's made me more gracious, right? Those were, I wouldn't say those are qualities I certainly had, you know, before, right. before I was a parent. So, well, it leads me to this fun question that I like to ask guests too. What's one thing you would tell your eight 12 and 16-year-old self?
1: I guess my eight-year-old self, whew, I guess I would have to go along the lines of, you know, it's going to be all right, right? Mm-hmm. Like life was a little crazy, um, mm-hmm. you know, that everything will be okay. And wow, those are tough questions, Sean. I don't know. Let me, yeah. let me think about this a little. My 12, I mean, I feel like I could almost have the same, the same yeah. thing. Life was still figuring itself out. You know, um, I think I would tell my 16-year-old self, you know, I thought I had a lot figured out at 16. <laughs> I thought I knew everything. We I all? thought like, yes, I, I had a very specific plan and, you know, I think I would tell my 16-year-old self to be a little more open-minded, a little more fluid with what, you know, what's coming and not be so rigid. You know, I think and maybe it's coming from a childhood where it is kind of chaotic and there's not a lot of structure that, you know, I kind of got into a place where it was like, if I'm not playing Division One, if I'm not going to this college, if I'm not doing this and that, you know, I just sort of had this sort of like, this is what my version of success is. Mm. And, you know, I think that like, there's so much more out there for me and I could have maybe even discovered a lot of other interesting Paths and Mm -hmm. things I could have done had I been a little less rigid and less strict. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, Sean and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course I want to thank my presenting sponsor team whether you are a coach administrator or brand looking to reach the youth sports community TeamSnap connects the world of youth sports until next time. I'm Sean. John Jensen.